the Lord. Praise the Lord. We are having a celebration. If you want to know what's going on up here, Pastor Gary and our uh, Exaltation Choir, they've been practicing and planning. We're having a celebration. Jesus, our Lord and Savior, died and rose again. And we want to tell the world that he's alive. So we're just planning all kinds of things. It makes you think maybe we're in the Holy Land. We see all these rocks and things around. That's about the biggest thing there is in the Holy Land is rocks. And most of you who've been there know that it's very rocky. But Jesus loved that area, and he has mentioned it so many times in the Bible. And we thank you for coming today. Be seated for just a moment. We have just come from early service, and then our Sunday school hour, and then now the mid-morning service. And we are so delighted to have Brother Sister Holder with us today. And they're going to be ministering, and we're just so thrilled that they're here. Would you stand and let them see you first? All right. Welcome. These are, this is our a bishop from uh, Alaska where Pastor went. And I hope he tells all the things that Pastor did while he was up there. Because <laughs> he's great to have around. He's exciting and always got ideas and loves the Lord. So there's always a lot of things going on. But let me real quickly just tell you a few changes that's going to happen this week. There will be no Wednesday service uh, uh, at all because the, the church will be in use preparing for the presentation that we're doing next weekend. And if you didn't get your cards and your announcements, please pick those up because this will be our last week to hand out the cards, business cards, the church cards announcing the program and help us to tell people. You may not be able to just personally win somebody to the Lord, but you can take a card and they may come and, and be stirred and give their hearts to Jesus. So remember that there'll be no Wednesday night service here. Then next Sunday, there will be no Sunday school classes. First service starts at 9 o'clock and 11. So you'll want to remember that. Just write it on your table and leave it on the table. Don't come, you that come real early, don't come early. You can sleep in later. Won't that be nice? So we're going to have a wonderful time of celebration and so forth for this Easter program. And we're so thrilled that you're here this morning. And if you're new and visiting with us, we think that we should exalt Jesus in everything that we do. And that's what we're planning here at Easter time. I know the egg hunt was a success. How many of you came to the egg hunt or brought your children or grandchildren? Yeah, about everybody in here that has children came. And we know they had a good time, and that was a great outreach for us to reach our community. Thank you for all you that helped that filled those thousands of eggs and helped to hide them and all that. We appreciate you so much. Thank you for that. Now we want to leave all of our... Uh, visitors, our first-time attenders, our guests seated, and we're going to ask all of our members and regular attenders to please stand at this time all over the building, and we're going to get out and shake hands, and if those around you are seated, that means they were our guests, so turn around and shake hands with them, find out their name, and greet them, and, and greet one another. God bless you. Yeah. 
in shackles of all of my failures. <laughs> Wondering how long is this gonna last? Then you look at this prisoner and say to me, son, stop fighting the fight that's already been won I am redeemed you set me free so I'll shake off these heavy chains wipe away every stain cause I'm not who I used to be I am No matter what I've done, no matter how I failed, and even after the Lord forgives me, Satan just keeps bringing that back up and saying, 
But do you remember? I'm covered by the blood. Come on. Yes. Yes. What we are celebrating these next couple weeks is what has set us free. Yes. God gave his only begotten son. Man of sorrows, lamb of God, Yeah. 
you as you remain standing for a few moments we want to turn our attention to the state of Israel this morning we also would like to remember those Christians who are around the world and in those mid-eastern countries who are suffering and going through all kinds of different torments would you reach over right now in a solidarity and, and 
unity and would you take the hand of somebody standing beside of you if you feel comfortable to do that we want to pray and we pray in our church for Israel every Sunday Psalm 125 says they that trust in the Lord shall be as Mount Zion which cannot say the word cannot cannot be removed but abideth forever As the mountains are round about Jerusalem, so the Lord is round about his people from henceforth even forever. Can you say amen? With those hands held, let's go before the Lord and take our Christian brothers and sisters and the state of Israel before God. In Jesus' name, Lord, we come before you asking your work and your will to be accomplished. We pray over the borders of Israel its mothers and fathers and sons and daughters and ask that you protect them keep them lord give wisdom to their leadership and let the power of god be prevalent lord we pray for the good of israel we join with your word we stand in agreement with your word and we stand together in unity across this globe lord to pray the prayers of goodness and blessing over israel we also lord this morning pray for our brothers and sisters in foreign countries and all around the world that is going through torments and tortures. We ask that you keep your hand upon them. Lord, they live every day in fear and we are so blessed in our country. We pray in the name of Jesus, Father, as we are thankful, we ask you, Lord, to bring great resolve and to bring unity, to bring, Lord, safety to them. We ask that wherever they are this morning, they would sense and feel the power and the presence of angels encamped round about them, that they would know the glory of the Lord is risen on their behalf and prayers are ascending before the Father. We ask all of this this morning, Lord, giving you the honor, the praise, and all of the glory, for it's in the name of Jesus Christ. And everyone agreed together and said amen. And before you're seated, I want us to pray received word this morning about a firefighter in Cincinnati. Many of you probably know Donnie Edmonds is very close to this gentleman whose life he perished this week. And the fire department down there in Cincinnati needs prayer. And and this was a gallant gentleman who was looking at the home stretch of retirement. He was right there a few weeks away. And the family, of course, as you would imagine, is very devastated. I think it'd be correct and right for us this morning to also pray for this family and to lift them up. Many of you would have a need in your own life. Would you make it known simply by just an uplifted hand? The Lord knows every detail. Let's go before him again. Father, as we come now, we bring these issues to you. We bring, God, the heart of this man's family. We lift Daryl Gordon's family, his children, up to you and ask, Lord, for this gentleman who served faithfully the community of Cincinnati and has given his life many times in commitment, has now given his life in service. We ask you to touch and minister to his family. Bring comfort and strength to this Christian gentleman's livelihood and let him feel them feel the peace that surrounds them as the comfort of the Holy Spirit is there. We ask, Lord, for every hand that was lifted up, for every heart that is broken today that needs your touch. And Lord, we together, I ask you to touch little Charlie this morning as we pray over her and the family down in Cincinnati Hospital. We know she's been through this very serious surgery this week. We pray, God, that you will comfort and strengthen the family and that you will bring great strength to this little girl's body. We ask for healing. We'll never fail to continue to knock on the door of heaven's provision for her healing. 
We ask you to strengthen her from her head to her foot. Let her feel the power and the presence of the healing touch of Jesus Christ, who knows what it is to suffer, who knows what it is to carry our grief and our sorrow. We ask you, Father, touch her today in the name that is above every name, the name of Jesus Christ. And everyone agreed together and said, Amen. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. I've got to show this little guy off. This is his very first time here today. First time in a church service, from what I understand. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Mr. Hudson Douglas Minor, and he's here at church today. Would you make him feel welcome as we present him to you? Walked up the aisle, and somebody said, I want one. Oh, you're taking photos? Here we go. mesmerized. I'm pretty charismatic. Good to see Ryan and Ashley Carpenter. They have moved back from Indiana and we're glad to have them in service today. delighted to see you. What a beautiful crowd this morning. Welcome to Israel. <laughs> As you can see, we're preparing and getting ready for the wonderful Easter weekend as we prepare for many souls to come to the Lord. We pull out all the stops to do everything we can to be able to minister the truth of the gospel, especially on the weekend of Easter. You know, I love all the different songs and the celebrations and the Easter pageants and the things, and we're, we're part of that. But you know, the, the more beautiful part of the whole story was when he came out of that tomb, alive, and is forever at the right hand of the Father, now making intercession for you and for me. He is alive, isn't he? How many of you serve a risen Savior this morning? Amen. Amen. I want to take just a few moments right here before our ushers come, and they'll be coming to prepare and get be ready to serve you today. I want to talk a little bit about the mix. How many of you have heard about the mix? You've heard about it. You've seen pictures, and you've heard Saul statements on Facebook and whatever, and, and you're wondering, now what is that all really about? Well, let me tell you in just about a minute and a half. In our church, we have ministry to every department, every age group from nursery and toddler, elementary, all the way up through junior high and high school. And we have adult ministry. We have senior adult ministry. 
We have nursing home and jail ministries. We have just about something for everything. The only thing is, one of the things that's burdened my heart, and it was last October when the Lord directed my mind and my spirit concerning an area in our church where we have been lacking. We have put our focus on every area except one. And I, I just kind of naturally assumed that, Sister Barb, that they were okay. They're doing all right. But as a pastor, a shepherd, I realized that we were failing. We were failing in one area, in one aspect. In so many ways, we try to do the very best that we can, but we have not really reached into the culture of our young adults. Your sons and daughters, your grandchildren, there's this one area, just 20s and 30s, where we just kind of let them do their own thing. And in that age group, we've suffered and we've felt like we've seen just at one of the most important times in their lives when they are transitioning through from leaving college to getting married to different careers and jobs and moving and buying a house and all the most important decisions they'll ever make in their life, we just kind of leave them on their own. Well, we're not going to do that anymore. And I'm asking the church to give us one Sunday night a month out of the 52 weeks times three that we have services. One Sunday night, the last Sunday night of every month, which will be tonight. And it's called The Mix because it's just a group of sojourners that are in all different avenues of life and they're all going in different directions. So... I felt like the Lord laid it on my heart to call them the mix. And what we're doing tonight is, tonight is going to be a young adult mix church service. Once a month, a service dedicated to reaching the culture of young parents, young marrieds, young adults, single or otherwise. It's going to be different. I'm gonna take the jacket off. I might even put on a pair of jeans. We're going to bring the lights down. The music's going to be loud. Uh, thank you. <laughs> it's going to be loud. You are warned. <laughs> it's going to be fun. It's going to be relevant. Tonight's very first service, I'm speaking on that we are God's masterpiece uniquely and created beautifully by design. We're going to minister to our young adults. There'll be lots of activities. There'll be different classes. There'll be different kinds of events throughout the month. But one of those Sunday nights a month, I'm asking our church to allow us to dedicate one service a month to ministering to young adults. And you say, well, why, don't, why do they need all that? Well, you know, they don't. I mean, you can serve God in a cave in Afghanistan. But does that mean we have to? Why can't we reach out? Why can't we minister? I'll come in here on any given night and see how we minister to a specific age group, whether it be older or younger. We got monkeys hanging off trees in the lobby to the left where you check your kids in. Nobody says, well, they don't need that. We say it's cute for the kids. It's good for the kids. 
entices the kids. So we're going to minister to our young adults. And I would ask you, if you're a, a tried and true, younger or older Christian, I would ask you to help me to pray, to pray for the young adults in our church. Somebody said, well, are you going to, does that mean you're changing Stratford Heights? You're changing our church? No, we're adding to what we do to minister. Thank you. Thank you. There was a slogan president used many years ago. It said, no kid left behind. I don't want any age group to be left behind. I want us to do what we can in the last days to minister to every relevant cultural need that we have, not only for ages, but I'm so thankful that we're reaching different cultures from around the world. Dios le bendiga. Amen. So thank you for understanding. Everyone is welcome. Anybody's welcome. At five o'clock, we're going to have a taco bar that's for young adults only. They get Esperanza's hosting a wonderful Taco Bell for a taco bar <laughs> for our young adults. That was some kind of slip. I don't know what that was. But we're going to be having some wonderful food back there for the young adults. And then at six o'clock, you're welcome to come. But like I said, be ready. Look at somebody and say, it's going to be different. And so if you're welcome to come at six o'clock and be a part of the service, there'll be worship. They'll be speaking and, and it'll be in a cultural relevant style. And I am not going to apologize for that because I personally think it's extremely cool myself. But I want you to know about it. And I want you to be aware so that when you do come, you won't be shocked. Now, I want to say happy birthday to Brother Jesse Van Hoos. Brother Jesse, stand up for us. We love you, sir. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. How old are you? How old are you? He's not telling. He's 29. <laughs> All right. 29 plus. All right. Well, God bless you. As our ushers are coming now to serve you this morning, I'm going to give you the opportunity we normally give to world missions in our loose offering, but today you get the privilege of blessing kind of a missionary. Our guest speakers today are some very important folks to me and to many of you who've gone to our church for any length of time. If you can remember back and if you could trail back to the 1980s, you would know that there was a powerhouse of a couple who was working in our youth and Christian education department. They were Stan and Teresa Holder. When I first walked in the door as a teenager, I walked into a Wednesday night class where Stan was teaching and I fell in love with both of them. They began to pour into my life. It was my very first youth pastor ever and he has went on from there to impact and influence thousands of people in ministries from pastoring to being in state work and now they serve in Alaska, British Columbia as the general, or general overseer, how about that? That's a prediction right there as the overseers the state administrative bishops over alaska and they are here with us this morning they are a powerful couple anointed of god have influenced and touched so many of us and we're just delighted to have them with us i also heard that 
Teresa, who has been working diligent and hard in education and, and been doing wonderful and success in the business world, has just newly obtained her doctorate. So she is now Dr. Teresa Holder, and we're proud of you and so thankful to have you both. Would you stand? I want you to make them officially welcome this morning at Stratford Heights Church of God. Amen. We love you. We're proud of you and all that you do for the Lord and for the kingdom. I was there to see how the people love you in Alaska, how they honor you. And uh, I'm privileged to call you my friends and so delighted that you're here. And thank you. Thank you for pouring into me at the most important time of my life. You were mentors and you're heroes to me. I love you very much. So we get the opportunity to bless them now in our service. I want us to give today. And I want us to give to bless them, not just to bless them with a, a gift necessarily, but I've been praying that God will help us to meet a need in their life. I don't know what they might need, but I know God does. So I'm asking all of us to give just a little extra today and let's bless this couple. Father, as we come before you, we thank you for the privilege and the opportunity that we have to be givers. You said you love cheerful givers. And Lord, we ask you today, to touch our hearts as we give. May it not just be an obligatory gift, but Lord, may it meet a need in their lives and in the life, lives of those they touch so very far away from here. I pray in the name of Jesus that your work will be accomplished through them, continue to bless and touch them, anoint them, and God, we thank you today that they have found it in their schedules to be with us, to minister the gospel. We thank you and we ask it all in the name of Jesus Christ, amen.
Aren't you glad for God's amazing grace, huh? 
Praise the Lord. Thank you, Brother Turner and choir. It's good to see so many familiar faces from back in the day. And Brother Jesse, happy birthday. I know how old you are. You're older than dirt. Amen. It is so good to be here and to worship with you today and uh, to see what God is doing. I need to do something before we get started. I need to thank you for sending Pastor to Barrow, Alaska just a few weeks ago. And Brother Stephen was with us, Brother Stephen Turner. And uh, we almost didn't get there, but uh, God provided us a, a, a jet to get us uh, all there on a Sunday morning. We were a little late, but we were able to do what we needed to do. He preached a fabulous dedicatory sermon in Barrow, Alaska. Now, Barrow is not the end of the world, but we could definitely look out our airplane window and see it from there. It's a long way from here, but the wind was quite furious and the weather was quite bad and it was extremely cold, but God used your pastor to touch that church. I need to say thank you, Stratford Heights, for your financial commitment to build that building in Barrow. It would not be there today if it were not for you. And uh, I just want to, on behalf of David and Tina Matthews and uh, their family and their congregation, I'm here to say thank you for your kindness, for your generosity, and great things are going to be done up there. As a matter of fact, because of your generosity, the Church of God has the most northern congregation in the United States of America. Because we put that northern pylon of the church far enough north to beat the Baptist. Amen. So there you go. <laughs> Say hi, darling. It's so good to be here with you today. I, as I said in the earlier service, Stratford Heights, or what I used to know as Harlan Park, will always have a big place in my heart. I love you dearly. We're going to sing a song this morning. Many, many years ago, when we pastored in Loxley, Alabama, a minister came to our church and he preached a simple sermon and the title was just Grace. But he gave a definition of grace that I'll never forget as long as I live. And he said, grace just simply means cut me a little bit of slack. Aren't you thankful that God cuts us some slack every day? Worship with us as we sing. My faithful Father Enduring friend Your tender mercies lie A river with no end It overwhelms me covers my sin each time I come into your presence I stand in wonder once again your grace still amazes me your mystery each day 
house today. Hallelujah. Praise the name of the Lord. I'm so excited to see what God is doing here. I hear about your building program that's about to take place. What a wonderful, wonderful thing. What a wonderful impact this church is having in this community. Many of you so involved in ministry. 
doing great things for God. I brag about you everywhere I go. We weren't here all that long, but the time we were here, you made a tremendous impact upon me and Teresa so much. We brought our first son back from North Dakota and had him dedicated on Wilbraham Road. We love you and thank God for you. If you're not involved in ministry, get involved. Amen? Is that okay, Pastor? He wasn't much for stirring about. It wasn't his desire. No matter what the others did, he'd just sit down by the fire. Same old story day by day. He never seemed to tire while others worked to build their church. He'd just sit down by the fire. Well, at last he died as all must do. Some say he went up higher. But if he's doing what he used to do, he's still sitting by the fire. <laughs> Amen. I'm going to go a different direction this morning. I feel impressed to do it, and I, I hope that's okay with if you were here in the first uh, service, I preached a different message. But I want to take you to Galatians 2 and 20. Today is beginning the Passion Week. The triumphal entry of Christ into Jerusalem. He rode on that borrowed colt and made his way. The palm branches are waving. And by the time the weekend came, that man Jesus became the Savior of the world. Boy, I sure am glad I know him. I sure am glad that I can stand here this morning with the confident assurance that somewhere in heaven there's a scroll and Stanley Ray Holder's name is written on it. I know in whom I have believed. I'm persuaded he's able to keep that which I've committed unto him. I know that Jesus lives. I know he lives because he lives in my heart. I am born again. I'm a child of God. I'm certainly not perfect, and I'm certainly not a, uh, uh, the greatest thing that ever come along, but I'll tell you something about me. I'm a masterpiece because I'm a piece of the master. Amen. Amen. And I thought about that when you thought about your sermon. I, I wish I could be here tonight to hear it. But the world needed a masterpiece, so the father sent his son. And sure enough, we're here this morning celebrating that. Look at this. I've never had anybody decorate a stage for me like this before. And what a blessing it is, you know. You even give me room to shout out here. What a wonderful thing. But I, I, I want to take you to Galatians chapter 2 and verse 20. And from that, I'd like to share with you a simple message that I believe the Lord would have me to say to this crowd this morning. Galatians 2.20, if you're there, say a good amen. I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. I'm a parent and a grandparent. I didn't know grandparenting could be so wonderful. But all of you grandparents out there can rest assured of the fact that it's a wonderful experience. I've got two of the most perfect 
grandchildren you'd ever want to meet. As a matter of fact, I could eat them with a spoon. They are absolutely adorable. I've got 787 pictures in my phone that I'd love to show you after church. If you've got about four hours, I'd like to do that. I, I meet up with it. But before I was a grandparent, I was a parent. And if you're a parent or a grandparent in this building, you're going to know what I'm about to say. You're going to relate to it because we have all at times in our life watched our children walk through phases in life that we would like to just jump right into the middle of that and help them through it, guide them through it. But there comes a point in time as they're growing up that you kind of have to take a, a step back. And there are times that you have to let them go through that process, whatever it may be, on their own. I've noticed that many of God's children have similar struggles, and as a pastor and now an administrator, many times as a pastor, I wanted to jump right in there, and I wanted to say, you know, you're about to make a really bad decision, and I did that from time to time. But on occasion, even then, you have to kind of let them walk through the process. But God the Father saw a great dilemma that you and I were in, and he decided to jump right in the middle of it. And so he sent his son to die for you and I. Now, in this building this morning, we live under what I would call one of three umbrellas. There could be someone here today that lives under the umbrella of sin. You are captivated by sin. You are presently living a life of sin and you need to understand that that my friend is a very dangerous place to be there are some in this building that are what I would call living under the umbrella of self you came to an altar you've accepted Christ as your savior but you're struggling with living the Christian life every day you're like Paul in the book of Romans the things that I know I should do I don't always do and the things that I know that I shouldn't do, I end up doing. Oh, wretched man that I am, who could deliver me from, who can deliver me from this body of death? And, and we struggle with that. And you've seen people that come in and out of church. They're hot one month and they're cold for three months and then they come back and forth. And some you may even know that hadn't been in church for months or even years. And it's because they're, they're fighting with that battle of self. They know right from wrong, but they're fighting with the battle of self. And then there are those that live under what I'd call the umbrella of the Spirit. You, you know what it's like to live the life I'm preaching about. You know what it's like to be a child of God. You, you know what it's like to pray the Word of God and to see God move on your behalf. But if you live under the umbrella of sin, you live what I call the fatal life. Child of God, hear me when I tell you this morning this is no news to you. But we only have two options at death. We either go to heaven or we go to hell. There is no in between. And, 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 and hear me when I tell you, don't go to hell. I don't know any better way to say that than just don't go. Because once you go, it's a one-way trip. There's not a round trip there. You don't get to come back once you get there. So whatever you do, don't play around with that. Get it out of your system. And, and if you're living under the umbrella of self, you live what I call the frustrated life. 
you, you know right from wrong, but you're struggling with getting it right all the time. And, and then if you live under the umbrella of spirit, you live what I call the, the fulfilled life. And you're loving the life that you're living through Jesus Christ our Lord. And today I want to take a few moments from this passage and I want us to look at it in a very reflective way. Because I think it will be reflective because at times it may seem that I'm walking right into the middle of your life and I don't want to crush what's happening in your life, but I want the Holy Spirit to deal with what's happening in your life. I want the Holy Spirit to do surgery on your heart this morning. The first thing I would tell you about this life is it's a personal life. In other words, there's nothing collective about it. We, we can't come together and sign a petition and say, okay, all of us have decided that on this date, on what, March 29th of 2015, we're going to collectively live the crucified life. It doesn't work that way. I, I can't live it for you, and you can't live it for me. It's a decision that everybody has to make on their own. You have to decide to follow the Lord. It's like the old song, I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back, no turning back. You see, what we need to see here is that there's seven personal pronouns in this verse. I have been crucified. I who love. Me, the life which I live. I live by faith. Who loved me? Who delivered me? Seven personal pronouns. This walk with God is a personal walk with God or it's nothing at all. In other words, you have to decide. I mean, I, I, my mama still prays for me today and so does my wife's and my mom's lived a good Christian life. She's a wonderful woman, but even she cannot walk this walk for me. I've got to make this decision on my own. I can't do it for you. You can't do it for me. It's like that parent. We want to jump in the middle of somebody's life, but there are some things you just have to do on your own. And I notice that when I do it, I glorify the Lord. Here's what the Lord said through John in chapter 21 and verse 18. This is right after he told Peter to feed my sheep. Listen to what he said. Verily I say unto you, when you were young, you'd gird yourself and walk where you wanted, but now you're old, and to stretch forth thy hands, another will gird you and carry you wherever you would not. Then he spake this, signifying by what death he should glorify God. When you die to this world, when you die to the umbrella of sin, when you give up that life, the first thing that you will do is you will glorify your Father in heaven. It brings glory to God when you decide to say no to this world and yes to what he is offering you. We have to understand that this glorifies him. Peter and all of his strength when Jesus was here, he, he, he didn't always glorify the Father. It is, it is the crucified life. It's the dying of the self. It's the corn of wheat that falls to the ground and die. That's what glorifies him. He said this, and when he had spoken, he said to him, follow me. Peter said, turning about, seeing the disciple whom Jesus loved. He's talking about John there who also leaned on his breast at the supper. He said, Lord, which is he that betrayeth you? And Peter, seeing him, said to Jesus, Lord, what shall this man do? And Jesus said to him, if I will that he tarry till I come, what's that to you? Follow thou me. Here's what he's saying. Peter, get your mind off of John. Quit worrying. You know, Misery loves company. You've heard that statement. 
Okay, Lord, I got to walk through this trial. Can I get somebody? Can you, can you put somebody here to walk it with me? And basically what he's telling to Peter, get your eyes off of John. What, here's what he's saying. What I do with John is my business, not your business. He didn't send you to Alaska. He sent me to Alaska. He may send you somewhere else. But God's going to deal specifically with you. And he's going to deal specifically with you. And whatever path God maps out for you and I to walk, that's what he expects us to walk because we need to be reminded of Jesus' words that no man having put his hand to the plow and then looking back is fit for the kingdom of God. Well, that's, that's troublesome to me. Because look, in our flesh, that umbrella of self, we want to sometimes pull back. We want to draw back every once in a while because we look down the road and we see that the price may be a little heavy and the sacrifice may be a little great. But God is calling us to live this life before this world because if this world ever needed you and I to walk out of this building and live this life, it is right now. Generation X are the children that have been born after 9-11 and it is predicted they will have less than 5% literacy by the time they're an adult. Biblical, biblical literacy. I want you to think about that in terms of the church world in 20 years. And in, in, in actually less than that, in 10 years. I want you to think about that for a moment. 5% biblical literacy. Why is it important to have a service like you're going to have tonight? You, you remember Cher? Do we have any people that used to be in that ministry here? I mean, is there four or five of us left? Maybe any of you remember? Let me look out there. There's a couple of us. It was called Singles Having a Real Experience. There you go. There you and And, and, and child of God, hear me. That that's kind of sounds corny today, but back then it was an identity. It helped us identify with one another. And that's what the service tonight is going to do. And I'm not giving you a plug on your service. Well, I guess I am a little bit, but you know. But child of God, hear me. If ever there was a time to do that, it's now. We're, we're acting like in the world now, not here. We're acting like that we need to throw in the towel and give up. Can I remind you that the gates of hell shall not prevail against the church of Jesus Christ? Can I just let you know one more time? When God told Abraham, thy seed, he said, I'm gonna give you an offspring as numerable as the stars that are up in the sky and the sand which is upon the seashore and thy seed shall possess the gate of his enemy. Here's what he said. Honey, when you possess the gate, you possess the coming and the going. Amen. I'm here to tell you, you are the righteousness of God. You are the people of God. Amen. What we need to do is get a hold of our intercessory prayer and the weapons of our warfare, and we need to take this country back for Jesus Christ. And the only way we're going to do it is to walk out these doors and live this life before this community every day of our life. Hey, quit trying to fix John. You can't fix John anyway. Teresa's been trying to fix me ever since we left here and moved to Minot, North Dakota. That was a little louder than I wanted to be there, Dr. Holder. We'll deal with that later. It's personal. It's identifiable, secondly. Here's what I mean by that. It's for no other cause than his. I, I, I don't do it for me. I'm glad I'm doing it. It benefits me, but I don't do it for me. I do it for him. 
It's for his glory, not mine. I've been crucified with Christ. Uh, That's the identification of it. This is not a crucifixion on behalf of advancing my own personal cause and making me a super duper whooper whopper kind of preacher. No, if I can hide behind the cross of Jesus Christ and I can just fulfill his will. Listen, if you leave this building this morning and you have seen more of me than you've seen of him, I have failed you as a minister of the gospel. No, what I want to do is I want to take you into his presence. I want to hide behind the cross of Jesus Christ and I want him to be lifted up because if he gets lifted up, all men are drawn unto him, amen. I've got to die and I've got to die every day. God help me not to push my own personal agenda. Boy, I better be careful, but you know, we could say a lot about that right now. Since I have the microphone, I guess I could say a lot about that right now. I better be real careful here. But I better not say that. But you know I'm wanting to, don't you? Listen, child of God. I'm preaching to the choir here. I know that. I know what a great church you are. You know, you're 100 years old this fall. Is that right? Well, you're old as dirt. Amen. But that's a good thing. Amen. Anybody here when the church? No, I'm kidding. Hey, listen. You know right from wrong. I, I leaned over to Teresa and I said, you can just sense how much this church loves their pastor. You just sense that. You can just, you can just feel it in the sanctuary. And, and I, I don't know what all the great things are going to happen this morning, but there wasn't a greater thing than him walking back there and getting that little baby and bringing it up here. That just touched my heart. You know, they, wasn't that wonderful? Because he loves you as much as you love him. And I don't see him pushing his own agenda. It's all about Jesus with Pastor Phillips. It's all about Jesus. Listen to what Paul said in Romans 5. I'm going to hurry, but listen to me. Paul is saying that Christ died to us. Then he gets to chapter 6, and he speaks about us dying for him. I want you to listen. Notice all the words like with and in and into. Listen to this. What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid. How shall we who are dead to sin live any longer therein? Know ye not that so many of us, as we're baptized into Jesus Christ, we're baptized into his death. Therefore, we are buried with him by baptism into death, that like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. For if we have been planted together in the likeness of his death, we shall also in the likeness of his resurrection. Knowing this, that our old man is crucified with him that the body of sin might be destroyed that henceforth we should not serve sin for he that is dead to sin is freed from sin he that is dead to sin is freed from sin he that is dead to sin is freed from sin now if we be dead with Christ if we be dead with Christ we believe that we shall also live with him Knowing that Christ being raised from the dead dies no more. Death hath no more dominion over him. 
For in that he died, he died unto sin once, but in that he lives, he lives unto God. Likewise, say likewise. Reckon ye also yourselves to be dead indeed unto sin, but alive unto God through Jesus Christ our Lord. I love that verse. If we've died with him, we will be raised with him. The flip-flop of that is, if you don't die with him, you will not be raised with him. And then he says it's total. He says it's personal. He said it's, it's, it's one of those things that you have to do individually. Then he says it's identifiable. I'm crucified with Christ. And then he says it's total and complete. Listen to how he says it. It is no longer I who lives. In other words, I was born on September the 28th, 1979. I was born September the 28th, 1958, and before you get your calculator out, I'm 56 years old. I know I don't look it, but I'm 56 years old. I know, somebody just said he looks 66 years old. Paul is saying... That he, Paul, is dead. The guy that was born September the 28th, 1958, that guy, even though he's standing here with a microphone in his hand, that person is actually dead. Because if any man be in Christ, right? He's what? I've got two birthdays. I've been born spiritually and I've been born physically. And, and, and the one that I, I live now, I, I don't live for me any longer. Yeah, sure, I have to clothe my body and feed my face, but I don't live for me any longer. It's no longer I that lives, but now Christ is living in me. Now see this, because I, I, want, you to, I want you to get this because I should no longer be affected by the world the way I used to be. Thank you. If I am living under Christ, the world that used to affect me and tempt me, now that doesn't mean I don't get tempted. You know, it's not a sin to be tempted. It's a sin to give in to the temptation. Many of you remember Carmen? He said, I woke up Monday morning, my head all full of nothing. I went down to McDonald's to get me an Egg McMuffin. About half asleep, waiting in line around 7.23 when a loudmouth cut, uh, busy, uh, 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 businessman cut in front of me. My eyes rolled back. I clenched my fist. I wanted to thump him good. But something was inside of me and I somehow withstood. The Holy Ghost reminded me I represent the Lord and it would be hard to witness to him stretched out on the floor. He said, I grabbed my Superman beach towel, my QT tan and lotion. I thought I'd be real cool and catch some rays down by the ocean. Had it all planned out. I'd roll some burgers and some Wheaties. When I arrived, everything with the telephone pole was dressed up in bikinis. My flesh and spirit had a race and Satan went full throttle on what those women wore. Man, I'd seen more cotton in an aspirin bottle. He said, I knew there's just one way to please the Lord and still get tanned. 
but I felt so stupid with my big old head stuck in the sand. Sure, I'm tempted. But when you live in Christ, for Christ, and by Christ, the world should not affect you the way it used to affect you. Is, it, is this water for drinking? I have to ask. I was preaching in Saskatoon, Saskatchewan many years ago. Drank some water like that. And after church, I found out I drank the baptistry. That's a true story. Uh, that's when you really believe in sanctification right there. I'll tell you right now. Christ came and did spiritual surgery on me. He opened up my heart. He took out my old heart and he put a new heart in me. It is no longer I who lives, but now it's Christ that lives in me. And the life that I now live, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. My goodness, I gotta hurry. Take your Bible to Colossians chapter three. You're gonna need it real fast. Give me uh, 17 minutes, amen. And seven minutes, I'll, I'll be done. Listen, Paul talks about the negative. In Colossians chapter three, verse five, let me hurry. Mortify your members which are upon the earth. Fornication, that's sexual activity between two unmarried people. Uncleanness, that's unclean and perverted thoughts. Inordinate affection, that's excessive and disorderly behavior. Inco I can't say that word. Evil sexual desire. Covetousness, which is idolatry. For which things sake the wrath of God cometh on the children of disobedience. In which ye also walk sometime now, or when ye lived in them, but now ye also put off these things. Put off these things. Anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy, filthy communication out of your mouth. Filthy communication out of your mouth. Filthy communication out of your mouth. Lie not to one another, seeing that the old man's put off. Listen, the old life is gone. I was born with old clothes. They had anger and wrath and malice. But he came in, and notice what he did about verse 12 of Colossians 3. Put on therefore as the elect of God, holy, beloved, bowels of mercy, kindness, humbleness of mind, meekness, long-suffering, forbearing one another. Forgiving one another, forgiving one another. If you have a quarrel against anyone, even as Christ forgave you, what right do you have and I have to hold a grudge against somebody when Christ forgave us and he didn't hold a grudge against us? I tell you the best thing I ever did do when I laid off my old coat and I put on the new. Well, I tell you the best thing I ever did do. Oh, when I laid off my old coat and I. Here's our problem. We like the new coat, but instead of taking off the old one, we, can I borrow your coat? Ray, can I borrow your coat? Hold that right there.
But we don't always want to take off the old coat. Maybe I fixed the collar and look better. No. The old coat and the new coat don't coincide with one another. The new coat will not fit as long as you have the old coat on. Because this is the way we look to a world when we live under the umbrella of self. Well, they go to Stratford Heights, but look at them. Something don't fit right. I remember I was passing, I know I got a hush. I know it's 10 after, hang on. I can be eternal without being everlasting. I pastored, I won't tell you where, had a choir member. I won't tell you her name. She walks into the bank one day. Somebody says, well, she sings in our choir. One of the co-workers said, her? She goes to your church? That woman? Well, let me tell you what I know about that woman. You got to be careful what you gossip about, by the way. It's like one guy said, I better hush. I've already told you more than they told me. But what was the problem? The new coat wasn't fitting well because she still had the old coat on. Oh, I tell you the best thing I ever did do. When I laid off my old coat and I put on Stand with me. I told you I'd hush. Many years ago, my sister, when I was 13, she was 17, she had to get a job. She had made some mistakes and had to get a job and help out. And She got a job at Travel Lodge in Cleveland, Tennessee. Exit 25, right up on the hill there. She'd clean the rooms and People would go in there and drink and get drunk and they'd leave their bottles, empty bottles. And they used to take them, this is a long time ago and you're going to think this is really stupid, but she'd take them and her friends and they'd wash them out and take the, the uh, labels off because they were all these fancy looking bottles and they'd put colored water in them and sand, colored sand and seashells and kind of make a decoration out of them. She brought a whiskey bottle home one time and it, she asked me to clean it out for her. And it had just a little bitty drop in it. Little bitty drop. And I unscrewed it. I'd never, I'd never drank anything in my life. And I didn't drink that, by the way. Hang on. Drink that. Excuse me. Excuse my Southern English. And I took the lid off that thing and I put my nose up to it. And I'd never smelled such a terrible smell in all my life. It was awful. I told the first church. I mean, you know, I, I had a drug problem as a kid. Mama drugged me to church every time the door was open. I'm just being honest with you. I, I'm a church kid. You know? I'm a church kid. I'm a product of you. I'm church of God educated. I was saved, sanctified, filled the Holy Ghost. 
sang the choir, drove the bus, did all that stuff. Well, Jesse, I'm, I'm Church of God. I, I smell that. I couldn't. So I went and I, I put some water under it and I shook it up and I poured it out and I could still smell whiskey in it. So I put more water in it, poured it out, and I could still smell it. So I put ivory soap in it. Now, when you put ivory soap in something, you can't hardly get ivory soap out. It just suds up like anything you wouldn't believe. You have to rinse it and rinse it and rinse it till you get all them bubbles out. I don't know what they put in that stuff, but it's bubblicious. Amen. And finally, after about 20 times, I was able to get the label off and smell it. And Audrey, I, I, I couldn't smell whiskey anymore. It smelled like a clean bottle. You know what I did to that bottle? You know what I did? I'm going to use a term we don't use a lot anymore. I sanctified it. I cleaned it up. Sister Ambergy, that's what the Lord did for me a long time ago when he filled me full of his ivory soap and he washed me up and he cleaned me out. He sanctified me. Does that mean I'm perfect? No. Does that mean every once in a while I want the person driving in front of me to get out of my way? Teresa would say amen to that. I want them to out of my way. Amen. Sure, I'm, I, I'm imperfect. But he sanctified me. He, he cleansed me from all unrighteousness. And now I know beyond any doubt that I'm saved, sanctified, I'm filled with the Holy Ghost. Brother Steve, I've even got that fire in my bones because he made a difference in my life. And that's what he wants to do in your life. It's a quarter after 12 and it's time to go home. So I understand this, but we need to pray before we leave here. Because God called me to preach salvation. I believe in social ministry. I believe in feeding the hungry and clothing the naked and sheltering the home. I believe that. But all that's an automatic byproduct of being saved. He didn't call me to preach a social gospel. He, pre he called me to preach a saving gospel. People need more than soup and soap and a shower. I'm not interested in making Middletown, Ohio a better place for people to go to hell from. Amen. People need to be saved. They need to be saved. So let me give you my best hermeneutical message. Don't go to hell. And if you don't have Jesus Christ as your Savior, you are facing that possibility. Let me do it like Paul did it. I beseech you. That's the word they used then. The word we use, I beg you. Don't go to hell. Don't play around with hell. 
I beg you, I plead with you, get the sin out of your life. Let Jesus do a new work in you. Let him take off the old clothes, burn them and throw them away. And put on the new. Confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus Christ. Believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead. And you shall be saved. If you're under the umbrella of self, burn your old closet and get you a new wardrobe. Put on love, forgiveness. My goodness. You might need to go to somebody this afternoon and say, I've held a grudge against you for 30 years. Will you forgive me? You don't know what they did to me, preacher. Listen. No, I know what we did to Jesus and He forgave us. Oh, yes. Get rid of those old clothes and put on the new and live under the umbrella of the Spirit. Every head bowed and every eye closed. Brother Holder, you'd say, I need a change of direction in my life. I'm convicted by the Holy Spirit. I'm not going to embarrass you, but you say, I need a change of direction. Raise your hand up right now. Say, I'm, I'm a candidate for change. Bless you. I need his blessing. Bless you, brother. Bless you over here. I'm not going to embarrass you. So you don't have to worry about that right here. Thank you, my friend. Anybody else? Anybody else? Bless you. Here we go. Pastor, come on up here and stand beside me. I'm fixing to turn this over to you. Say this with me right now. Everybody, pray this prayer. Dear Lord Jesus, forgive me of my sin. Forgive me of my sins. Wash me in your blood. I've been wrong, and today I want to be made right. Wash me with your blood. Fill me with your spirit. Write my name in the Lamb's Book of Life and save my sin sick soul. I confess with my mouth the Lord Jesus Christ. He's now Lord of my life. I believe in my heart that he died. He went to a grave. He rose again. And now he's at the right hand of the Father interceding for me when I pray. I now confess him as Lord of my life. I am saved. My name's in the Lamb's Book of Life. I'm on my way to heaven. I I promise you, Father, to get rid of my old clothes. I'm going to burn them. I'm getting rid of the filthy communication, the anger, the unforgiveness, the jealousy, all those attributes of my old life. I'm burning them this morning. And I put on my new, the fruit of the Spirit, the gifts of the Spirit, the Son of God, Jesus Christ, my Lord. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen and amen. Give the Lord praise. Amen. Well, we ought to do better than that. The angels of God are rejoicing around the throne of God. We ought to shout with a voice of triumph this morning. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Thank you, Stan and, and, and Dr. Holder. Thank you so much. 
Has it been good today to have the holders with us in ministry at Stratford High? It's a wonderful Palm Sunday. A wonderful Palm Sunday as we begin the Passion Week. We prepare ourselves and get ourselves spiritually. You know, at Christmas time, we do the Advent several weeks prior to Christmas. This is a week that we prepare ourselves every day. I challenge you, especially those of you who have just started a brand new life with Jesus Christ. We have a booth out in the lobby. It says discipleship, crosswalk across the top of it. There'll be someone out there as soon as service is over. If you have prayed that prayer this morning, they want to give you a Bible. They want to give you some information and they want to just acknowledge and, and if you have any questions or they want to just make a connection with you, go by and get your free Bible and let them speak with you just a moment. And let them help you. They would love to help get you established and rooted. We don't want to just throw you out there and then not give you anything that you can that can help you get strong. So we want to help you with that. So go by that booth. Begin your journey now to honor the Lord for what He's done for you. But Christians, listen. This week, find a thousand ways to honor what the Lord has done for you in your life. You are living that new life. You are a brand new creature. You got your new clothes. You are living an example to the world around you that Jesus Christ is real and that he changes you from the inside out. Can I hear an amen? So go this week. As we get ready for Easter Resurrection Sunday, go everywhere you go. Make an impact and make a difference. Be kind. I challenge you to be the nicest people around. Don't let anybody out-nice you. You be servants, you be real, you be authentic, and you show them that the tomb is empty because he lives inside your heart. Amen? Amen. God bless you. Thank you again. We love you all so much. I know so many of you are going to want to try to speak to them. God bless you. Come back tonight. If you dare, tonight is the mix. So God bless you. face tonight.